and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 291. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to finish out this Star Trek Discovery's fourth season with the episodes Species 10C and Coming Home. Here we go. Species 10C, Season 4, Episode 12. Original release date, March 10th, 2022. Directed by Olatunde Osinsanmi. Written by Kyle Jero. Guest cast include Sean Doyle as Ron Tarka. Shella Horsdahl as Lara Rillick. Tara Rosling as Tarina. Annabelle Wallace as Zora. Hiro Kanagawa as Hirai. Punzil Sitol as Nadoye. Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer. Patrick Kwok-Chun as Gen Reese. Oyen Oladejo as Joanne Oshakun, Sarah Midich as Nilsson, Orbel Cummings as Christopher, and David Benjamin Tomlinson as Linus. Discovery releases hydrocarbon representing peace onto the hyperfield. It is soon pulled into the structure and surrounded by an orb made of unknown substance. Members of Species 10C respond with more hydrocarbon and a light pattern, which the crew deciphers as a bridge language that uses mathematical equations. On Book's ship, Tarka plans to use General Nobi to ignite a plasma stream from Discovery that will allow them to escape the orb and fly directly into the DMA's power source. Reno realizes that if Tarka takes that power source now, it will destroy the hyperfield and all inside it and likely still destroy Earth and Navarre. Its brain structure is wildly unusual. The universal translator won't be helpful. So we'll have to learn another way to talk to each other. Captain. The being is excreting a mist of large organic molecule clusters. Can you analyze them, Zora? Of course. All of the supramolecules are identical. Each is comprised of dozens of the same hydrocarbons you found on their home planet. Which hydrocarbons exactly? Each molecule is 25% joy, 22% sadness, 17% peacefulness, 14% irritation, 12% surprise, and 10% fear. That's six of the 16 emotions we know they can feel. It's nonsensical. Perhaps it is attempting to convey all six emotions simultaneously. I'm glad we did these two together. They certainly go together well. This is the rare time. I, I kind of like these two episodes. And, and some of it was I was thinking about, like, it's so rare for Discovery episodes to feel kind of unique, I guess. There's stuff in these episodes I think that we could we could say, oh, I've seen that before. I've seen this before. But it's not. But but it feels like th- these were episodes that would not have could not have been done on a different Star Trek show, and I I really like it when that feels that way, and um, even if they weren't good, I, I that's something to enjoy, and I think these are probably kind of good. But we're I mean we're going to get into all that. But uh, Adam, why don't you start us off on Species Ten C? Ten C. So as with Discovery, what Steve and I were talking um, pregame here is like um. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate between the episodes. You know, when I'm writing the synopsis, I'm like, which did that happen in this one or that one? And Steve was saying the same thing, you know, it's kind of, they kind of all run together. And that's, I think that's by design really, because this is very, you know, I I like to think of discovery as the 24 of Star Trek. It just kind of keeps going. Um, With this episode, you know, it's the same themes going in, you know, they're what we've been dealing with the last several weeks. It's like, you know, make contact with the DMA, you know, you know, make peace with them, the first contact, and then you have, you know, Book and Tarka on the other side. I, I'm i with you, Brian. I, when, I, the, when this episode started, I wasn't really that impressed because, they, you know, we still had the Tarka book 
back and forth, like, oh, doing this, we're not doing this, do I trust you? You know, that's still kind of going on. And I think we decided um, in a few episodes back that, you know, this, it's, it's kind of tiresome, you know, it's kind of like we, we had part A of this, but that they, when they destroyed the first DMA and now we got part B. Yeah. Once again, books, books reaction is, I mean, you're like, why book do you expect Tarka to act differently this time? Yeah. He's, he's very consistent every single time. And yet somehow you expect a different outcome. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. That's a basic. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I will say once, you know, once Reno, you know, finally got to book and I like that they kind of, they used her in a good way. You know, I don't, this was a, this was a good use of her character. This is the first time that she, I felt yeah. like her character kind of had a poignant purpose in the episode, you know, her character, this is what her character was to bring book back. And I like that decision, you know, cause normally you would think it would just be Burnham that would do that. Burnham's the one who's going to get to him and talk about, but it was really Reno. And I like that choice they made. I like that. Yeah. She has a really good scene there where she tells him about the, yeah. the person that she tried yeah. to save. And yeah, it's a good. Scene. I mean, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think the character is great, but for the most part, you know, she's kind of used for comic relief. Uh, in a way, you know, she's had a, a little bit to do here and there, but this really gave this character something strong to do and, and a purpose. And I like that it was her that pulled him out of that, um, finally pulled Book out of that that situation. Another thing I really like, you know, I, I keep repeating myself and saying, but man, this show just looks so fantastic. I mean, I, I have many problems with Discovery, but man, it just looks it looks really cool. You know, the the species 10C, I, what they did, I like the species 10C. That's totally new and different than we've ever seen on star trek before i i like that and yeah it flows well um you know i i think maybe we get into the same the the problems with discovery it's kind of it's just kind of repetitive it's you know okay we got to save the world and that's every season and i guess at this point i'm kind of well that's what discovery is i mean next season who knows you know they're gonna have to save the universe next season who knows but um overall yeah i felt the same way with you brian i was entertained by the episode i still had issues with ways they went or didn't go but overall i yeah i was satisfied with this episode episode and when we get into the next one except for the end um yeah i was very satisfied yeah one one thing it slightly reminded me of um some of the species 10c stuff definitely completely unique for star trek it ever so slightly reminded me of um arrival the denis villeneuve movie not not the not the david tui movie <laughs> the arrival <laughs> just arrival the denis villeneuve movie which is you know just remarkable for this the species tend to see all that stuff is so um, it's so alien. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's realistically it's much closer to reality. If we ever encounter, <laughs> you know, alien life, it's going to be probably even wackier than Ten C. It's certainly not going to be an Andorian, right? Two arms and two legs. And yeah. uh, Steve, your first thoughts here? Yeah, I, I agree with with what's been said. I think Discovery. What's always it's it, it, the trick is should it play to the strengths of the show when it does things right or should it try to make up for its deficiencies you know because we, we talk about like how book is kind of made a little bit to look like an idiot a little bit you know with the Tarka stuff and this kind of thing like making their main characters not seem not putting them in the best light not focusing on character development it happens but it doesn't happen often and so you end up with the characters advance, but you don't feel like they get very far. You feel like, okay, they're a different person than they were four years ago or something. But you, you know, the character development is not what this show does. When well, when it when it does things well, usually it's the kind of stuff we're seeing here. It's the highbrow sci-fi concepts, which are it does. This is this is very interesting. It, it's 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 a fascinating thing. Um, 
the whole the language the all all of that is is great i i did enjoy it and i thought they i agree with what we said about reno that was a great use of her i wish they would have you know they have a lot of time to plan this stuff and I, I don't understand why they end up with so much filler like why we had like episodes leading up to this where it felt like they were almost unnecessary you know why couldn't we take the stuff we feel like is going to work and stretch that out more do more with that and, and develop the characters and not have all the fluff because we finally got to the point where it took us like i don't know five episodes to understand what the heck's even going on with all the convoluted stuff you know like why bookship and tarka and they're tagging along with discovery and what is their point what are they trying to do you know and we're finally caught up to where it, there's there's a not it actually makes makes some sense what's going on barely and they're trying to get past that and move on to get to the crux of things but yeah it's it's entertaining it's great to look at there's big concepts here big stakes and when when discovery does when it's when it's firing on all cylinders that this is what it does right so yeah yeah that's a good point you know that some of the things we've complained about are not great character things but these kinds of big stories big sci-fi stories incredible uh production value and i, I totally agree with you guys it, it it looks like a million bucks um that's the one thing we still have over <laughs> you know Star Wars and honestly even even the Marvel shows I mean that nothing nothing looks like a feature film the way every episode of Discovery does and and they're still doing new things so this episode it was um what's his name Osinsami oh Olatunde Osinsami yeah yeah who's I mean he's a, he's a good director uh, you know he's a production guy on the episodes that he's not a director he's like a producer but there was like some close-up, really cool close-up shots near the beginning of this episode that we haven't seen anything like that before, and it was effective. And maybe it's because we haven't seen it all the time. But you know, there's the point is we're in the final episode of the the final two episodes of the fourth season, and they're still trying some new visual things and succeeding. I will say I did have in my notes the, the difference between you know the end of this season and um, previous seasons. And I've had this complaint a little bit. Not that I, Burnham's a great character. I love the character, but I kind of feel like you know that they've. It's always on her, and this and the end of this one felt more uh, more an ensemble. Like it was everybody. You know, everybody had a stake in it. Everybody had a thing where it's not just Burnham's got to save the day, and it's she's got to be the hero. And and you know, it's it's always previous seasons always felt like it was just on her to 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 drive the show and 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 i think they i don't know somewhere along the line they feel well you know star trek's always been an ensemble cast yes you have your lead your captain your main character but they don't they don't do it without everybody else and i'm not saying you know in the previous seasons there weren't other characters that helped out but it's it, 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 the focus always seemed to be too much on burnham and i like that they spread it out in this in this incarnation of discovery yeah one thing i thought about was uh when Book and Tarka, Book really, asks the Earth General, right, she used to be the president, now she's the general, is that right? To, what is it they ask her to do, to vent the plasma or whatever? But when they first just ask her, help us out, and she's like reporting to them, and it, it, it seems so, I was like, how do you ever come back from this? How can Book ever have a relationship with Burnham again? Shockingly, I mean, I wrote that in my notes, right, at the beginning of this episode. By the end of the next one, I wrote, 
like that and we'll talk about it in the next one but like he gives a speech and i'm like oh you know what that's how you come back from it <laughs> i can see it mm-hmm. okay there's an appropriate there's kind of an appropriate punishment he's not thrown in jail but he's you know kind yeah, of basically yeah. put on volunteer work you know yeah. so, so we'll we'll get to that but i was very surprised like i'm like at the beginning of this episode i was like this is not cool you can't do this and you can't ever come back i guess he must be a much worse person than i thought I thought he was a good person, and now I think he's a bad person. But nope, there's a guy in there. Yeah, we talked already a little bit about just this crazy scope, like when they're in the shuttle bay, and when you first see this huge species 10C thing, all that the stuff with the language and the lights. Very cool, very unlike anything we've seen. So, so Brian, I want to go. I want to go back to what you were saying about book real quick, because I, you know, I want to go back to Reno. So, I think in in Tarka and books adventures, there was never a. I told you, you can't call it that. They'll do a spinoff. I don't want that show. <laughs> well, I mean, we had the casino. What was it on the the barge where yeah. Burnham and Book were together? But there was never like a voice of reason for Book. There's nobody to like talk to him, and and that like that was great for Reno because I think she she finally got through to him, and but it Burnham- was like talk to him a million times and he and she's supposed to be the person that he loves and trusts you know <laughs> but yeah i mean but it was kind of you know but yeah you, they did a good job with it you know he's like well you're just trying to manipulate she doesn't mean i'm wrong so she got through to him and it, yeah that was kind of the build-up to that to where he kind of redeems himself in the next episode so kind of wanted to say about that you don't want a reno spinoff i didn't uh, you said book and target that's what i don't want <laughs> i might watch a reno spinoff <laughs> I'd like to see her. They do some, she do some more short tricks. <laughs> do some funny ones. She can be the lead. What's this episode about? Well, looking at it, it's, it's coming, it's, it's facing the truth of your mistakes. And, and that's what it was for book. It was, you know, when Reno finally said, you know, you're in pain, you're blinded by your pain. He's blinded. Tarka is blinded by your pain. And, and it's facing that. And, you know, we're all, all of us, in this, you know, human story, we're, you know, we have our pains and we have our sufferings that we're blinded from. And it, it, I need it, my pain. And I want my pain. Um, but yeah, that's what it was for me. It's, it's kind of, you know, there's more about the episode, but it's kind of opening your eyes to, to what you're really doing to, you know, becoming conscious of that. Sure. I'll buy that. I mean, yeah, I think that is definitely the focus. The A story is what's going on with the book. I mean, even though the big heavy stuff is the, the sci-fi concept, the, the language communication stuff, it is about DMA plus us equal terror. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. This algebra problems are the key. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's about communication and truth and coming to those revelations to get what you need, get where you need to be. Yeah. All right. Let's do six degrees for species 10C. Adam, I don't really have regular... uh, Regulars. Six degrees questions. None of these actors played other characters or anything. So don't look at your notes in case your notes happen to have the answer to this question. (laughs) Sean Doyle plays Tarka, also known as Dr. Tarka. What is Tarka's first name? Don't you look at your notes either, Steve. Don't look down. <laughs> no, Too late. Not... <laughs> Why my camera? My camera went okay, out. Okay, um, crap. I've I've written it several times in synopsis. Um, I don't know. You know, Steve. I think it's Ruan. Yep, it's Ruan. I, if Ruan I hadn't had to write it down, I wouldn't have known. Yep, got sure. it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve has one. Moving on. 
Coming Home, Season 4, Episode 13, original release date, March 17th, 2022, directed by Olatunde Osunsanmi, written by Michelle Paradise. Guest cast include Odette Fair as Charles Vance, Stacey Abrams as President of United Earth, Sean Doyle as Ruan Tarka, Chella Horsdahl as Laura Rillick, Tara Rosling as Tarina, Annabelle Wallace as Zora, Hirojin Kanazawa as Hirai, Fumzil Sitol as Nadoye, Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kwok-Chun as Gen Reese, Oyan Oladejo as Joanne Oshkun, Sarah Medichitz Nilsson, Raven Dauda as Tracy Pollard, Orville Cummings as Christopher, David Benjamin Tomlinson as Linus, Seamus Patterson as Heral, and Adrian Walters as Taz Gorev. With the DMA on its way to impact United Earth and Navarre, the Federation fleet travels to the planets in an effort to mount an evacuation. On Discovery, the crew sacrifices their spore drive to escape the orb, but are unable to approach Book's ship due to plasma. Aboard Book's ship, Booker and Reno plead with Tarka that even if he makes it to the alternate reality, that his Oros in that universe would not be his Oros, and he will have destroyed everything for nothing. That's not good enough. It's not enough. Stop destroying lives. The DMA always leaves behind a toxic mess. You have to shut it off for good. That is the start of making things right. Well, they said if they do that, they would not be able to... I don't understand the word. They seem to be referring to the hyperfield. We would not be able to power it. That would make us unsafe. Hiding behind a wall may calm your fears, but it won't keep you safe. The void will eventually reach you. We all live in the same space. This is all there is. On my home, we had an organism, the world root. It connected all life on Quajon. Wherever we lived, whatever village or continent, it reminded us we were all on the same planet. Our fates always interconnected. Maybe that's the lesson. If there is one, that is true of all of us. We've lost so many, you and me. But we can't do harm in their names or memories. We have to honor them, all of them, because they were beloved. Beautiful. I just had a thought. This was not pre-planned. I, I might end up cutting all this out. <laughs> Remember when I first moved to LA? One of the first I was working like as a PA on some low-budget, you know, movies and indie movies. And one of them was this sort of action horror movie, and it was following around this axe murderer. And then I worked post on it, and we finished the movie, and it was only like sixty-two minutes. And the distributor said, "Nope." Not long enough. It's got to be longer. So they hired a two new actors. <laughs> one of them was supposed to be a cop, and the other one, I think, was a journalist or something. And they just wrote a bunch of new scenes, and every scene was <laughs> the, the journalist and the cop show up to an empty place where the previous scene had happened. Like, we just missed them, and they have some lines or something. And we just follow them out. And it's like, and that got the running time up to like 75 or something. And 
the movie was terrible, but like all of those scenes felt like exactly what they were. Cut them out, and it would make zero. I hate to say it, but like, if this is what you're going to bring Tilly back for, if you literally cut every one of her scenes with the Admiral out of this episode, I mean, I love Tilly, but there's they're completely pointless. They they don't add anything, and this is also maybe the longest episode ever. It was like an hour, an actual hour, I think, when I started it. I was like, whoa, this is very long. So that's further evidence that you probably didn't need any of those scenes. But I actually like this episode. I just didn't understand those things. Has there been any been any word to why that transpired Tilly leaving? Why she left and then, and then she comes back for pointless reasons? I, I don't get it. If she had just been literally at the end of the episode when they come back and she walks in and hugs Burnham, that would have been great. Yeah, there's no context. Yeah, I had to remember there's no context there. I'm like, okay, what was she? Oh, yeah, she's, she's you know, Starfleet Academy teaching. You know, there should have been more, you know, they could have gotten, you know, what Steve was mentioning in the last, when we are talking about the, like, we had, there's so much wasted time that we had with other stuff. I mean, you couldn't take, you know, 10 minutes from an episode or two and show what's going on with Tilly and those characters. Because, yeah, you're right. I, I, I who, Yeah. Does this matter? It makes it really feel like they're going to have something with, here's what Tilly's been doing. They're just going to have something. I mean, why else would they do this? I don't know. Or maybe she had another gig and they had to write her out or something. I, yeah, I don't know. We, it's it's weird. Nothing like this has ever happened in the history of Star Trek, where a person that we're pretty sure is a lead is suddenly van- vanishes for half the season. And we don't know why. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a single story written about this. Right. You know, uh, listeners, I was like, if I wonder, anybody knows, she, please let us know. But I have Does she have heard. a baby? I don't know. What's going on? <laughs> I think we would have heard about that. but uh. All right, Steve, get, get us going on. Coming home. Yeah, so, you know, it's a it's a nice, nice finale, season finale kind of episode. I mean, all these things come to a head. We we bring back characters we haven't seen in a while, a whole lot of action, so forth. You know, it's stuff we talked in the last episode. It's It, it looks fantastic. Big action scenes. It's entertaining. You know, you what else? You you get uh, you get you get some understanding of what's been going on, why it's been happening. It finally comes to a head, and then they wrap it up with a. It's definitely a message message kind of thing, but it, it what they've been trying to convey throughout the season, I think, off and on is is comes through, and they and they and they deliver with that. So yeah overall i i i enjoyed it i enjoyed the uh the action i mean I, the, the stuff with tilly and the admiral is silly um uh i, I doesn't need to be there it, i wondered why why does the admiral does he always carry an extra whiskey flask just in case he has a partner <laughs> what if there've been three of them was one person just left out in the cold maybe he's got a problem steve you know what I- <laughs> right right well, you know there's season 5 <laughs> In fact, season five, let's just run it all in one room. Can we do that with Discovery? See what happens? Oh, they could still save the universe in one yeah, room. Yeah, somehow in that room. That, there you go. But yeah, you know, I, uh, I, overall, I liked it. I liked where they went with it. It was, it was, it was fun. It did seem long. It wasn't necessary. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and then of course the, the fun, the fun cameo at the end, um, that was cool. So yeah, that's what I thought. Remind our listeners what the cameo was. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, Stacey Abrams playing the president of United Earth. Of course, Stacey Abrams uh, ran for governor in uh, Alabama. Georgia. Georgia. What am I saying? Georgia, yes. And is running for governor. Yes, yeah. and she'll run again. And she has a lot of aspirations. She's even said she wants to be president someday. So that's kind of the end joke. But um, I thought she actually – I mean, you could tell, like, oh, this person is doing a cameo. This person is not an actor. But I mm-hmm. thought she – I thought she 
you know, held her own enough. I, you know, yeah. I wouldn't want her. They, they, they didn't just have her come in and say hi. You know, she walked Burnham over, had a few lines. I, I thought she pulled it off. I yeah. Don't make her a regular or anything, but she pulled it off. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I did read that she's a Trek fan, and yeah, she, she actually said she did not want to know the context of the scene. Just do my scene, but don't tell me the whole story so I don't have to be spoiled or whatever. So that's cool. Yeah. I, I actually did not care for it at all. You thought she was bad? No, just the choice was ill-conceived. I mean, because this this puts people off. Don't get me wrong, I'm liberal-leaning. If I lived in Georgia, I'd vote for Stacey. But I don't think it's... She's actually running for governor. Her political career is in full swing. Oh, hang so on. I, was she running for governor when she filmed this cameo? Well, she's running for governor this fall. Okay, well, she probably filmed this a year, at least six months ago, maybe yeah, a year ago. I, I, I'm sorry, I just I think it alienates people and it turns people off, and I don't think it was it's not it's not necessary. I I didn't care for it. I just just keep politics out of it. Well, I mean, I try to imagine if it was freaking Donald Trump or something, I'd yeah, I'd be upset. I guess maybe I'm biased because I like her and I think yeah. she's a smart woman and I, cool. And- I, I totally agree, totally agree, but it doesn't belong. In, in the episode. That's my feeling about it. I'm like, I would have preferred them would have, you know, if they were, look, they could have hired, you know, some esteemed actor to play this part, you know, to give it some gravitas. I just think the, the reason I say that is because there are going to be a lot of people out there who are just, it's going to turn them off to it. It's going to turn them off to Star Trek. It's just the way the world is right now. And I just thought it was unnecessary to do. I suppose you could be right. But <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I was, I'm all right with it. I see your point of view, but I was I was fine with it. And maybe again, that's just my bias leanings because I like. Yeah, it. you know, but, if, if if Ted Cruz blocked off that, <laughs> yeah, I probably know. wouldn't be watching season five. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You know, you alienate people by doing stuff like that. And I want everybody to watch Star Trek. I don't want somebody to walk away and be like those, you know, leftists, blah blah blah. And I'm not watching this anymore. But people tend to read into things what they. I mean, we've had. I remember we had an episode one time where that we so it was so obvious to us that something something about it was like that we we were like you know this is anti-guns or something and i remember we had a listener write in and basically said no this is pro-gun i I mean you guys are totally wrong and i was i was so flabbergasted at that i'm not saying the person was wrong it was just so it was literally 180 degrees from where how we saw it so i don't know who knows how people interpret these things? I mean, and I was trying to think, is there any precedence in Star Trek for a political cameo of this nature? Or I mean, this first? There were, maybe not so blunt. I mean, she literally has lines. But we've seen plenty of cameos. I'm trying to think of something political. No, like a, a political figure specifically. Was the was it like a Saudi prince or somebody that did the like a cameo on Voyager? Prince of Jordan was Jordan, it? yeah. Who's yeah. a big Star Trek fan? But he didn't have any lines. No. He like handed somebody a pad or something. But I, I, I suspect this was intentional. I mean, every you know, when you have someone who's aspire who's publicly said they aspire to be the president and you make them the president of United Earth, I you know. I think but but yeah, I understand I understand the point of view. If you were not a fan of hers, there could be the potential for having a problem with this. Oh, that's interesting. This is already a lot longer than I anticipated us talking about. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, That's, which is totally fine. I believe. Well, it's a choice they made. I mean, it was like, like Steve said, it's it was a, a blunt choice. It wasn't. This wasn't by accident or anything else. They I think they were trying to give a message there, and I don't care for it in Star Trek. 
Even though I agree with that message, I totally agree with her and I would vote for her, but I don't think it belongs in the show. Fair enough. Do you think it, do you think the uh, species uh, 10C kind of played like rolled over too easily? I'm not saying like it was ever antagonistic to begin with. It was just ignorant it seemed like, but it was kind of just it seemed pretty easy once you get through the communication stuff. It's just kind of like, "Oh yeah, you're right. We'll not <laughs> do that." And <laughs> We will fix everything. You're right. <laughs> well, that goes back to your point I made earlier, Steve. It's like, because, you know, we had all this fluff and, you know, we had these fi- with this filler. I'm mean, like, it would have been nice to get got to the, the species a lot sooner than well, we did. Talk about, well, as maybe an extension of this idea of politics, even. Maybe this is aspirational. But I like the idea that a sentient species is so evolved that their instinct is to be empathetic and to respect all life, even something so, so primitive compared to yours as, you know, these carbon-based life forms and stuff. Well, I'd, I'd heard about the evolutionary model, the chain, you know, there's different degrees and they're on a higher evolutionary. Yeah. That, I like on that one hand, they're so evolved that they don't even, they didn't even immediately recognize these people as uh, sentient creatures, you know? Individuals. In the same way that we wouldn't about a bug or something crawling around. And that was interesting because on, on such a grand scale, we haven't seen anything like that in Star Trek. But I feel like they, I feel like they sold it pretty well. And I guess what I'm saying is, no, I didn't think they... I feel like once they... Again, this is idealistic and aspirational, but once they understood that all of these humans and various other species were sentient they they were immediately empathetic and immediately stopped down all this stuff and they didn't and at first yes they'd said we're t- taking away the dma and then book has that great speech about how no you need to permanently get rid of the dma not just put it somewhere that you think is uninhabited or something because it causes havoc leaves destruction in its wake no matter what uh, and then they immediately see that. And side note, you get the impression he's using that nondescript sort of kind of power that he has because the little light in his forehead lights up. And it was the first time that, I mean, I thought, oh, this is good. I actually thought in my head, this is good. They, this is a real use of that. He he communicated something that they brought about empathy in 10C. And it's the first time ever that even though we still don't know what the hell his power is, <laughs> we still don't really understand it. It's like money in Star Trek. Really? Yes, no, I don't know. It was the first time where I felt like they put it to good use. It was like Reno in the previous episode. <laughs> you know, like, this is this is cool. This is neat. This is practical. And, and I like this. This is good. Well, we're going back a little bit. Even when even when he died, the scene with Burnham. You know, where she kind of broke down on the bridge. I thought that was a great scene. You know, you... I wish I'd believed that he was dead. That sounds kind of that sounds mean. Well, no, no, I, 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 I wish I bought it and I didn't. I'm like, oh well, he's not dead. Well, no, I, I'm with you there, but I mean, you believed that Burnham believed it. She did a nice job. Yeah, you're you know, right. Yeah. You know, um, that was a nice scene there. But I, I have a question for you. So they were using the DMA to power this bubble or this shield around their, you know, their solar system or their planet. I guess I'm. I'm a little light on what they feared, like what what they were trying to protect themselves from. Wasn't it from. whatever destroyed their previous homeworld? But 
we didn't find any other information about that. Steve, you're yeah. the one who always follows this kind of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the gist of it. But yeah, they did not dwell on that, nor did we get probably sufficient. But there was something that they feared, you know, attacked them or something in some way, destroyed their previous homeworld, killed their kids. The other is, and you know, and it's it's kind of unfortunate they didn't dwell that's more what's on that. In season I, five, who uh, was so powerful in advance that they killed the ten yeah. seed? That's how we're gonna have to it's, stop them. It's this group, and they're here to destroy us now. Only discovery in the universe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I, I, I wish they would have dealt more on that because I like the idea of it, you know, because that also speaks to now, you know, that whole notion of uh, the other is is bad. They could destroy our way of life, and we have to protect ourselves from it. You know, that's a common belief too. But I, yeah, in general, I, I like I like this idea. I like I like overall where we're going with this. That the the notion that it's kind of it's kind of um, hope brought to a new level. And, and Star Trek, it's interesting with Star Trek because we've seen kind of a mixed bag with power, right? We've seen ultra powerful beings that don't give a rip about the ants and the roaches that we are as human beings. And we've seen some uh, benevolence as well, you know, um, like in this example, but I, I, I like, I like how, what the choice they made in that sense. Yes. You think we're, we'll see 10 C again. Oh, that's it. They're done. It'd be interesting if we did. I, I, they're an interesting species. Season five. Sure. You heard it here first. Tilly trains the first 10 C member in Starfleet Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Roaming around. No, it's so big. All it can do is sit in San Francisco Bay. It can't really go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's just taking up the whole thing. Tentacles over the bridge. (laughs) It would be remote learning from inside Jupiter. (laughs) Well, I like this idea that they're sort of all one, yet it's not the same thing as the Borg. Mm -hmm. Really. Mm explained best by their initial reaction to you're already out of the orb when they saw the book ship was out mm-hmm. and that to them meant they're all out because they're all one that was interesting to me and it was again like a variation on this board kind of concept but it was different i was going to mention ahead of my notes um we haven't mentioned saru and what they kind of it's subtle what, what's going on with saru and it feels like more set up for for future seasons with him and the president of navarre yeah wasn't very subtle in this episode. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. It's kind of like a what a, a D storyline that's kind of kind of in the background, and they kind of pop to it every now and then. But I liked it. They they got good chemistry. It's yeah, it's interesting. They held they, hands and messed with some flowers. That's basically Discovery's version of sex. Mm-hmm. That's second base. For, they got it on <laughs> for a Vulcan. Yeah, that'll that'll be the opening of season five, no doubt. Them in Saru's quarters with music going and whatnot. <laughs> He's playing the um, the Vulcan guitar. No, no, it'd just be Luther Vandross playing. I think. <laughs> Saru giving uh, Tarina knowing looks. Actually, at the very end, I wrote. Well, my second to last note is it's like the cameras pulling back and all that stuff, and I wrote Federation president says ready to get started, and I think something like that, and Burnham says, "Yeah, let's go," or "Let's go." And she and the camera pulls back and gets wider and wider. And I just wrote, "This is a good place to end the entire series." <laughs> you know, the last this episode and the previous episode, I liked them. They were good. <laughs> usually, the seasons like you were getting at earlier, Adam. You know, usually the seasons don't. And you know, we talked about this and now the other seasons. Like they start off strong, they flail a little bit in the middle, and then they end poorly. And started off strong, flailed. But 
these last two episodes I thought were good. Mm-hmm. I thought they were unique and interesting. And if they, yeah, if they had, if they had cut out two or three episodes from the middle of this season, maybe I would have liked the season more overall or something. But these last two episodes, these were good, and it felt like such a natural, satisfying place to end the whole show on. And I just have a hard time. Maybe it's my the pessim, pessimist in me, but I'm like, they're probably not. They're going to come back, and I'm not going to like them as much as these last two. Let's stop now. <laughs> but that's not what's happening. There's another season coming. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they've got a difficult task ahead of them with with where they are because season after season, it's you know the stakes are so high, like we've talked about, and so you you're just left with what can they do, you know? And then and now four seasons in, this is the tone of the show, you know. So how do you create a, a you know do something that's not bigger, better, faster, stronger, whatever? And you know it's it's tough. At the end of this episode. I think it's during the camera pullback or something, but but somewhere in there, Burnham has lines, or maybe it's the montage, but but Burnham has lines about, we came to this era and we survived and saved the galaxy from the burn. And then we survived and saved the galaxy from Species 10C and the DMA. Please, God in heaven, do not give me a third season of, yep, another time. I mean, it, it, it almost like accented. It was an accent to say, yes. That's what we did. We saved the, the we saved the galaxy twice. You know, it's how absurd. You're going to do it a third time. I'm just assuming that's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm like preemptively complaining. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to be a challenge for them because you know, back in the day, you know, when you had Next Gen and you had DS9 and Voyager, they were all distinctly different shows. Well, I'm assuming with Strange New Worlds, we're going to kind of get a more of a classic Trek kind of thing so where does that leave discovery but what steve was just implying a second ago is that this is the mo of the show this is what the show is it's we save the galaxy one season at a time well yeah it has to be it if can't you're a be star trek if you're a trekker if you're a person who wants to believe in the reality of this universe and if that's part of the way you love it it's just silly it's just silly to think that every single season we're going to do that but they don't even do that in every single movie i mean discovery is going to have to differentiate itself and it's weird to say this because it's been on for four seasons but it's going to have to differentiate itself from strange new worlds you can't have two shows that are kind of doing the same thing it's i i I just don't think you could do that i mean you know i think i think the hope for all of us going from third season my feeling going into third season is they were going to go into more of an explanation you know more of a a star trek that we're used to you know discovering new life strange new worlds that kind of thing um and but i feel like that's going to be strange new worlds so what is Discovery going to be? Where does that leave them? Do they have to next time save the universe? So it'll be interesting if they announce a season five and what they're going to do with it. I guess you do bring up one point I hadn't thought about. Have we ever really had two simultaneous Star Trek shows that were ships out in space traveling around? I feel like we haven't. I can't say that we have. You know, when we've had simultaneous shows, we're talking like DS9 and Next Gen or DS9 and Voyager, but we haven't had like a Next Gen and a Voyager at the same time. Well, I forget. Did, did Voyager overlap Enterprise? Maybe that was the only time? Nope. Okay. It did not. Well, I, th- I think the challenge for Discovery is how do you how do you keep with a consistent tone but not drive us crazy with the same old crap? I'm, I'm not saying that it's impossible to have a, we need to save the universe or do some big thing in a fifth season and it not be good. You could do something that's unique. You could do it in a different way. It not be the the big alien coming into the galaxy. I don't know what, but do you know something? You could you could make it a big premise. You just don't have just don't do it the same. Just don't do the same thing over and over again. If that's what needs to be the premise of the show, do you know? 
and, and you can have the character development as you go and not waste time. You had also, there's oodles of time in this season they could have spent doing other things than what they did. They had at least two to three wasted episodes that you could have chosen to do character development sort of stuff. And there's a lot of care. I mean, like I'm interested in the character Adre- Adrena. I mean, is she, they haven't really explored the trill part of her at all. I, you, if you jumped in, in this season, you wouldn't even know she was Trill. Like the, the Stamets character. I mean, there's a lot of cool characters on here that you can go a lot of different places with. Um, um, we'll see what happens. I feel like we didn't actually t- practically talk about the episode enough, but we must have. We've been talking for two dozen minutes. What is this episode about? Book coming to the realization of like how his um, emotional pain was destroying things. And, you know, kind of talked about that in the previous episode. You know, and it kind of accept. I like the scene there at the end when they said goodbye, and he just going to, you know, it's like I have to go, I have to go do this, I have to kind of pay my penance. And I like the fact that he wasn't just, you know, hey, there's going to be a trial, and you're going to spend, you know, five years in prison. They actually put him to good use. It's like you're going to go help survivors of of what the, what happened here. And I like the way they they did it with the, the character him and Burnham. And, you know, you you feel like when we were talking about the fifth season, we, I feel like we'll see Book again, and I feel like that was kind of a good way to. To, to end his character there. Um, and, you know, and, and it's also about coming together, you know, you know, the Federation, Earth coming back in, family coming together. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what I took from it. No, I agree. It's, um, I mean, Book was kind of a centerpiece here of this season. And I think, uh, you know, as we alluded to very early on in the season, there's definitely a climate change message here um as far as what this whole season the arc is talking about um but you also have this notion of coping with loss you know uh dealing with change in your life and uh um i think i think i think they made that point um they may have uh taken longer to do it than needed sometimes but i think they made that point over the course of the season and i think this episode in particular is about is about that is about coming together and and uh finding a way to get through rough times and so forth and i even think tarka realized what he'd done wrong at the end you know right. i think I, I like the way they ended his we didn't i didn't mention it earlier but yeah he's i like the way they ended his character he kind of came to the realization and he even kind of seemed to have dealt with his pain but he'd gone too far to come back so i like the way they dealt with him as well i like that they saved the earth general I really thought she was going to die when her shuttlecraft was heading toward Book's ship. And I like that she didn't. And I like that Tarka did. Felt appropriate. All right. Steve, again, don't look at your notes. Raven Duada plays the commander Pollard. Discovery's medical officer, maybe chief medical officer, who knows. What is Commander Pollard's first name? Tracy. Very good. He was waiting. He knew it before I was bam, halfway bam, in. Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. Steve <laughs> cleans house. So um, I feel like we probably talked a fair amount there already about where Discovery can go from here or what we're hoping to see from it. And it's season five a year from now. But overall, season four compared to previous seasons, I guess I would say overall for me, it probably felt about the same, although it's high points. For example, these last two episodes, its high points were probably higher than the previous highs, even if the average was similar to previous seasons. So, you know, that's good and that's an improvement. And um, I mean, can you imagine an entire season like these last two episodes? 
I just mean quality and uniqueness. I don't need saving the universe stuff. I just need how would you guys rate it compared to the other seasons? Better, same, worse? I think it was better than three. I think um, I think that for sure. I agree. I agree with that assessment. I think that it when it when it did it right, it was really. I think early on in the season was quite good, and the tail end was quite good. You know, and I would have trouble saying that about virtually any episode in season three, for example. You know, season two had some, you know, kind of isolated individual good things, and a lot of that was nostalgia related. But yeah, I, I agree with that. I would agree. I, I season four is probably. If I had to rate them, it's probably been the best season so far, overall. All right. Well, that's it for Star Trek Discovery, at least for a, probably a year, something like that. Um, let's see. We got a pretty strong rumor this week that Star Trek The Motion Picture 4K Director's Edition is going to premiere on Paramount+. Plus. It was like the first or second Friday in April. That's not official, but that's a rumor from people that uh, usually do seem to have accurate information so that's it's a pretty decent chance by the time our next podcast rolls around we might actually have seen that which i'm very excited about i did go to that uh 10 forward bar dinner place the pop-up place they had in los angeles for the last couple of weeks and it was a lot of fun and uh i did get myself a bar glass and steve a bar glass for his new bar thank you thank you Adam made no such request. <laughs> Apparently doesn't have a bar. <laughs> I'm barless. And it was neat. Uh, I don't have a bar. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was cool. It was fun. I think I mentioned this last time, but it, there hasn't been a lot of stuff like that in the last couple of years. So it was it was nice. And, and you know, they were checking vaccination cards. So you felt totally fine in there having your your dinner and your, and it came with like uh, two alcoholic beverages each. So I tried one of their non-alcoholic alcoholic beverages and it was way too sour, but I made my girl get the Romulan ale, of course. And I did try that Romulan ale. It was good. So I guess that's kind of it. Did we hear anything else? Any other news? No. I did send you that Chris Pine did an interview. He said he still hasn't seen the script for the, new trek so <laughs> that doesn't bode well <laughs> i told you <laughs> well he didn't he didn't say like oh i'm not i have no i'm not doing this he's like he just said i haven't seen the yep. the story yet so he said he was looking forward to seeing it because i think the question was how are you, are you going to play kirk differently or how are you going to go into the role and he's like well i haven't seen the script yet but i'm looking forward to this is a movie that's supposed to release a big studio special effects light and picture that's supposed to release in a year and a half <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, big talent like that, he's going to have scripts say, you know, if he doesn't like the script, he can make them rewrite it. That's months. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Good old you Paramount know. there. <laughs> doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. Who knows? Well, maybe, the, the, it'll, maybe it'll come out at, next year and it'll be the greatest movie ever. Well, my take from it, he, at least he didn't come out and say, you know what? I, I have no idea what they're doing. I'm, I'm, I haven't been contacted. He did at least say, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the script. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, folks. We are going to be back in two weeks, and we're going to start watching and talking about Star Trek Lower Decks. We're just going to be discussing our two episodes per podcast like normal, but obviously those episodes are half the length of most Star Trek, so I'm anticipating those episodes should be 
maybe a little shorter than usual, but who knows? We have a tendency to <laughs> to blab on and on, even when they're short. So we'll see. But yeah, we're going to be doing Lower Decks 1 and 2, and hopefully that means we'll end up doing 3 live or pretty close to live, you know, within a couple weeks or a month or something. And then as of now, the plan is still to then go into Picard seasons 1 and 2. Maybe that means season three would be live. We'll see. You guys been, did you start watching Picard, Steve? I have not. We've just been very busy. Wow. Um, but... Incredible. I want to go back in time to say, not even 1987 mm. or 1994, Steve. I want to go back to like 2005, Steve, and say, there's going to be a new Star Trek show that's literally called Star Trek Picard. The lead will be Picard on his adventures. And it's going to be several episodes in before you well, start watching the show. Uh, yeah, well, t- 2005, t- 2005, Steve didn't have a new house, a kid. <laughs> yeah, this is true. And <laughs> yeah, but you know what 22 Steve has? A new media room. <laughs> yes. No, I, t- I tell you, I tell you what it is is that I've started watching all of these with my wife, and I'm okay. I'm I'm happy that she wants to watch them with me and, and just, uh, just aligning the timing, you know? And so, yeah. Wait, does that mean, you mean like, as we watch them for the podcast? Does no, that mean no, you no, could no, potentially no, wait no. months? No, okay. I'm okay. sure I'm not going to wait that long. No, right. it's, uh, no, it's, it's coming up very soon. What about you, Adam? You started watching Picard season two? I have not, but I think I've mentioned to you guys, like these new episodes, I like to binge watch them. All right. So I'm the only person who's watching them on the Thursdays that they come out. Got it. <laughs> well, I, I will start once I catch up. I, I suspect within a couple, three weeks, we'll be there. What episode are they on? Our, this episode of our podcast should post the day they air episode three, I believe. Well, you'll be committing less time to this podcast since we're just going to be doing the equivalent of one hour-long episode instead of two. True, true. So, speaking of hour-long episodes, oh my god, this podcast is way, way over. Oh my lord. Okay. So... Again, we're going to be back in two weeks to do Lower Decks Season 1, the first two episodes. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us and getting through our first live season, Star Trek Discovery Season 4. It was an adventure. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. We'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.